This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fees Dumpster Diving. This is where we look at something absolutely horrifying from the past, the 80s, the 90s, even the 2000s. I guess the 2000s are almost 20 or uh, 10 years ago now or 20 years ago. Fuck. 2000s yeah. almost 20 years ago now. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but anyway, so uh, this week we we dove into the eighties. I think I know this, this late late eighties, eighties, early nineties. Yeah, I th- I know this spanned both. This is season one, so I'm guessing it's the eighties. It seemed very eighties. Probably. Yeah, probably like eighty eight, eighty nine. But it's uh, Doogie Hauser. MD starring Neil Patrick Harris, who I forgot to mention will be in the new Matrix movie. They're saying maybe he's going to be oh. an agent. That'd be it. I, I'd like, I, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of his work. Uh, I didn't see that, uh, that stepmother, uh, 88 ways. I know your stepmom or something. I, I don't know how I met your mother. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. How I met your mother is what it's called. Yeah. I didn't, your I didn't watch it. I don't know. I, I didn't 88 watch that ways one. I banged your stepmom before I married your mom. Yeah, I know he was like in that or something, and like I'm sure he's great in that. But uh, I everything I've seen him and he's amazing. I mean, so I can't imagine he wouldn't be good as an agent. Yeah, he's very good. 1989. That's when this started. So yes, this was uh, tail end of the 80s. Very young Neil Patrick Harris. Starring as Doogie Howser, MD. This was this is episode twenty four of season one, entitled "Breaking Up Is Hard to Doogie." Yep. Yeah. So this show was created by uh, David Kelly and Stephen Bochco. So like David Kelly did like um, Chicago Hope and Ally McBeal. Yeah. And Boston yeah. I went to a deep. I went to a deep dive on this because I thought Kelly was spelled without an e. So I'm like, even. But no, this was the one that, uh, like you said, uh, Ellie McBeal. And I guess this mm. is the first show that he actually did with him as, like, the executive. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had done Ellie Law together, I think? Yes, correct. And then actually one of the shows that he did, I can't remember which one, maybe it was The Practice, but one of them uh, is actually the launching point of uh, David Shore, the uh, guy who did House of D, which, you know, is our other program that we discussed. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's like he's part of the same tree of writers, which I'm sure there are, like, you know, writer trees in Hollywood. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It's like coaching trees. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could say, I mean, you got so many you can trace, you know, for podcasts. You're like, oh, I learned from him, and we're, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like, you know, you could trace everyone back to probably, I don't know, Jack. (laughs) Back to who? Jack Benny. I thought you were going to say Jack Benny. I love, I'll tell you, I no one cares about this because no one fuck gives a shit about Jack Benny. But I love Jack Benny. <laughs> I'll watch some of his shit on YouTube and stuff like that. That guy was fucking hilarious. Yeah, I don't think I've ever uh, seen or heard him, but I do know that the kids in the hall get their name from a, uh, you know, him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If a joke didn't go over, oh, go over well, he'd say it came from the kids in the hall, yeah. Um, yeah, referring to his writers who were part of his tree. Yeah, exactly. But so his his big thing was Jack Benny's big thing was that his two things was that he always said he was thirty nine, 
no matter how old he got. And he, he like was money obsessed. Right. In fact, there's a famous story because in real life he wasn't in real life. He was very generous, but, um, there was a story about, uh, he went to a restaurant and left this waitress a real big tip and she handed it back to him and said, Oh, Mr. Benny, let me have my illusions or something like that. Um, but anyway, so like he was, you know, like whenever those two things collided with each other, that's what produced some of the biggest laughs. So on his show, uh, Groucho Marx guested and Groucho Marx had this show called you bet your life, which was like a game show and the pot in the game show had grown really big. So there's a lot of money to win. So Jack Benny dressed up and pretended that he was this other guy and to try to win the money. And the final question to win all the money comes down and, and, uh, Groucho Marx says, uh, so, uh, the final question is, uh, there's, um, a famous comedian from uh, Waukegan, Illinois. And he's like, Jack Benny, Jack Benny, Jack Benny. He's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. We know it's Jack Benny, but here's the question. For years, this guy has been lying about his age <laughs> for $10,000. Can you tell me how old he really is? And then Jack Benny just like sits there. This was the thing he was the best at. He just gives this look to the audience, complete deadpan look. Everyone's breaking up laughing. And then he says 39 and, um, you know, obviously he's wrong, but, uh, you know, it's the, the thing ends and Groucho Mark comes up to him and he's like, uh, he's like, Jack, eh, I thought it was you. He's like, you know, how old you are. Why wouldn't you just tell him, uh, you know, um, uh, how old you are and, and win the money. And he goes, um, he goes, Groucho, you know, I always love a great deal. Uh, where else am I going to buy uh, 25 years for uh, $10,000 or something like that? I don't know. But uh, Jack, Jack Benny's funnier than, than my recollection of, of my recounting of that sketch. It's funny. You should check it out. Young kids, if you like comedy, check out Jack Benny. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about your gambling problem. <laughs> No, uh, we have. A Is that like the uh, pot calling the kettle black there, Mark? Yeah, exactly. I, I am, I am frequently gambling online because, you know, it's it's fun. It's a fun thing to do, and and I, I win money sometimes. And if you want to win money sometimes, and other times lose money because that's how it works, you should go to my bookie. So, Mike, are you familiar? With uh, with my bookies, uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic interface. They've got the best lines. You know, in you could go to Vegas, you could go to Atlantic City, you could go see uh, what was that? Uh, <laughs> what was the shows in Atlantic City that we? I'm trying to remember what. Uh, oh, I cannot remember what they were, but they were very uh, sad. Oh yeah, there was. Oh, the one was. I remember it was. Uh, like dead singer, they were all dead singers, and they were. Um, yeah, yep, that's right. It was like an impersonator show. Yeah, so you know you could go to Atlantic City see that show, but you're not going to find the the lines that you're going to get here. You, you won't find lines this good outside of uh, the 1980s. <laughs> and I mean, come on, think about it. Do you really want to, you know, go take a shower, get dressed, get in your car, go fill it up with gas? 
drive tens of miles to a casino, get parking, walk from the parking lot to the casino, and only then, you know, you have to hit an ATM and maybe like, oh, there's a $5 charge for this, you know. Mm-hmm. Once you're there, they're just like sucking money away from you, you know, the second you walk in the door. Absolutely. Or from the privacy of your own home, I mean, you can just go to mybookie.com. Why, why see another person in the world? When yeah. You, when you... What the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> Why uh, we've got we got musical accompaniments for this? Why see another person when you could just go to uh, mybookie.ag and place your bet? And let, let me tell you, so Mike, if you want to win a lot of money, I do. But you don't want to spend a lot of money. I don't. What you should do is you should do a parlay. These are things I like to do. My, or, uh, one of our friends. That lives in Las Vegas, Ben and I, we used to do this all the time. You pick like four games, five games, and you put them all together. And if all these things happen, if all these teams win, then you spend a little bit of money and you make a lot of money. I mean, you know, Norm McDonald does it all the time. And he's, yeah, he's on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I would put that in the end. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the most successful comedians out there. And, and Norm, Norm's got his own promo code. We've got our own promo code. Pin Gillette has a, a promo code. I'm sure he does for something. <laughs> no, for my bookie, I, uh, I heard on his podcast oh, earlier. Awesome. So, so we're in good company here. So now here's the thing. If you join my bookie right now. like Right now? Yes, do it on your computer right now. Use the promo code... Use the promo code late fees. That's L A T E F E E S all caps. My bookie will double your first deposit. So up to a thousand dollars. So if you deposit a thousand dollars because you have a severe gambling problem, they will give you another thousand dollars to double that severe gambling problem. Thousand dollars is a lot. It's more than I'd bet. But you, I mean, who wouldn't take a free thousand dollars? You're you're an idiot if you don't take this offer. I agree, absolutely. So go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code late fees L A T E F E E S, and you will activate that offer. <laughs> you just got more aggressive with each letter. <laughs> so you know, my bookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. Do it now. Fair enough. But anyway, so on to the show. <laughs> so in this episode, uh, we open with um, with uh, uh, Vinny. Yeah, that's his name. Vinny, yeah, Vinny. and Doogie uh, are at his house with his Doogie's girlfriend something and Vinny's girlfriend Tracy, I think, or Tanya. or Oh, uh, Doogie's girlfriend is Wanda, of course. Yeah, Wanda. That's right. Um, uh, yeah, this is a very odd scene. Like, they're just kind of, like, both sitting there, and, like, uh, Vinny and his girlfriend are just, like, very aggressively making out. Oh, they're hardcore going at it. Is this something that ever happens outside of, like, a movie? That's <laughs> what I was... TV shows? That's what I was thinking. Like, he's, like, Vinny's like, hey, your parents aren't going to be home to 11. And I'm thinking, there are other rooms in that house, you know? Like, I've never been alone with friends and been like, hey, let's make out sitting next to each other. Right, he's like, geez, go fuck on your peers. Person. Yeah, exactly. 
Spread some seam. You know, your dad's shooting blanks now. Jeez. <laughs> Spread some seed on that bed. Wow. Uh, that would that would awry quickly. <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're just making out, and like uh, Doogie and uh, Wanda are like uh, kind of like yeah, you know, they're watching TV, they're fine, you know. I don't know if it's like supposed to be a joke about like old married couples at some point. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because he's like, oh, they're like such kids. Can you believe we used to be like that? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. So then Doogie says, should we make out, basically? And she says, yeah, you know, whatever. So they start kissing, and then uh, their souls come out of their body. Right. They use, like, the revolutionary Back to Future 2 technology to, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Shot and also on the sides. Which is also on uh, Sister Sister last week with uh, Batman. Yeah, exactly. It was all the rage around the time period. But yeah, so it's... But yeah, so they're... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so they're just both, like, clearly mentally checked out of this relationship, you know, because, you know, obviously young uh, teens who are dating doctors should be really, uh, you know, turned on about the, all these crazy hormones going through your system, but, you know, it's they're done. Yeah, it's... It, it was exciting at first, but, you know, hearing about another geriatric case, she can't do it anymore. And then uh, Vinny's practically finger blasting this chick over here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a really weird line where he's like, what are you doing with that drumstick when they go into the kitchen? <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on in there? Like, what is she doing with the drumstick? Yeah, what kind of shenanigans are getting up uh, in the Doogie Hauser house? We want to know about the uh, secret sauce. Ugh. Hey, speaking of chicken, I had a, uh, for the first time ever, I had one of those Popeye chicken sandwiches today. Oh, uh, you weren't murder trying to get one? No, they so. What's funny is I went in there. I had to wait about an hour and forty-five minutes to get oh my the God. to get these chicken sandwiches. I had no idea it was going to be this long of a wait. If someone told me, yeah, it's going to be an hour and forty-five minutes, I would be like, oh, well, fuck your sandwiches then. Um, but I I went in and I waited. Uh, at some at one point, it's basically like well, I've come this far. You know, I might as well see it through the whole way. But uh, while I was in there, uh, that story came across my phone about somebody being stabbed uh, to death in Maryland or or whatever for, um, you know, for uh, the chicken sandwich. But it was funny because like groups. Oh, funny. No, the groups form inside this like uh, the Popeyes. Well, like there were I, I saw people meet each other for the first time. Like, and then at the end, when they got their food, they hugged each other. It was like oh exchanged God. phone numbers. Call me if you need anything. It's like, like relationships formed inside uh, the Popeyes waiting for these chicken sandwiches. It was pretty crazy. But I have to say, uh, probably the best chicken sandwich I've ever heard in my life. It was really good. Oh, it was well, good. It was not worth an hour and 45 minute wait because nothing is. But it was no. really good. A chicken sandwich wasn't worth a hour and forty minutes of your time. No, but it, but it was good. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, there is blood on Popeye's hands. We can agree on this, right? Oh, absolutely. They clearly overhyped their uh, chicken, and I'm still I'm still not sure that they aren't owned by the same company that owns Wendy's. I don't know. I don't know if they are. Not. I, I I never ever looked into it, but I would be shocked if they were. So they hyped up this uh, chicken war, and now people are so excited that they're. Uh, murdering people for them right yeah it's it's messed up but yeah and that's the thing is they, delicious according to mark 
They sell, well, you know, murder tastes great. They, uh, they sell out of these sandwiches all the time. Just order fucking more chicken. I don't understand. They sold out while I was that while I was in there. You know, I, I like Jeez. maybe about ten people behind me. Uh, the manager's like, "That's it. He, this guy's the last one. I, we we got nothing left." That's crazy. And people fucking cleared out as soon as they heard that too. They cleared out as fast as uh, Doogie and his girlfriend did uh, when they heard uh, the sexual assault with the uh, drumstick going on in there. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so Doogie and Wanda, like, they're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I kind of don't know if I still want to, you know, if I still love her or whatever is what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny, not, like, there is so little that happens in this episode. <laughs> and they just cram as many, like, 80s cliches as possible into this. Mm-hmm. Like Vinny's alone with like this his his lady who I guess is also friends with Wanda and like they're talking and like both the other like both um, Doogie and Wanda are like secretly trying to listen in and like mm-hmm. trying to communicate through the two of them. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and the the B story involves some curly haired doctor wanting to uh, to fuck the uh, the curly haired nurse. Yeah, nurse. Oh yeah, that I almost forgot about that part. That's like the most ridiculous part of all. <laughs> Like, so he's like, uh, so he's like, there's like this nurse, he's like trying to, I don't know if they, like they're friends, I guess is what he says. Yeah. But like this doctor who's like a hot shot is like trying to fuck her or something like that, or he's like been to dinner with her three times, and now he's like, oh, she's coming to my place now, and he's like implying, you know, they're gonna pound badge. Yeah, exactly. He's like, um, I'm gonna, att- I'm gonna ask her how she likes her eggs, uh, scrambled, fried, or fertilized. Right. Um, so, like, this guy is, like, getting a little, like, upset about this, because, like, he talks about her, like, you know, she's he's in a very demeaning way, and he's like, oh, you know, she's not that kind of girl, or, I don't know, something like that. This guy really does fucking push it really far, too. This is, uh, Donald Trump's locker room talk, by the way, because they're in a locker room. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he should, he should, he should reference this in his next, uh, campaign. Yeah. Well, Doogie, Doogie told me locker room talk. Yeah, no shit. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, so like they get into a fight, and like it's really kind of ridiculous. It was like two doctors like fist fighting in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Then so he tells like this nurse, he's like, "Oh, I just put it in your honor." She's like, "Oh," and then she kind of discerns, you know, that he likes. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, let's go to dinner as friends." And then so they go to dinner as friends. He's like dressed like in normal clothes. Right. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she's she's dressed up for. Yeah, it's so she's dressed like she's going to see the queen, but the queen is appearing at Club Fifty Fifty Four. Yeah, she's like she's like she's dressed up for a bondage award show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's like so it's like it's a very weird like I don't know if they're properly communicating what they're trying to, but. It's actually he likes her, and I don't. I guess she likes him. It's much like the movie Superbad, where I can't really tell if uh, mm-hmm. Emma Stone cares, likes Jonah Hill's character. I really, I really don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if she's supposed to. Yeah, and it's clear their boss wants them to fuck. Oh yeah, for sure. He's very into the like. He's living vicariously through them. Oh, very good. Yeah. And I don't. I I thought for a second, and actually for I have to admit a long time that uh. This guy uh, was the same guy from 21 Jump Street, like Peter DeLuise or something DeLuise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Dom, Dom DeLuise's uh, son. One of his sons, yeah. yeah. I think a few of his sons are in the show business, uh, like Stargate, uh, SG-1 kind of thing. Right. And uh, Sequest, I think they're on there. 
I just re- yeah. I just remember one of them was on was the dad on the Wizards of Waverly Place because my oldest used to watch that. Oh, I don't know which one. I don't know which oh. one either, but. But yeah, so uh, so it's I thought it was him, but it was a different guy entirely. They just had the same kind of Kevin Kanye style mullet, you know, the really tight girls. Yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I don't know, like they they they're gonna go to a date, and then she's like, "Oh wait, let's get the kiss part out of the way." She's like, kisses him at the end of this, and that's when the boss, like like you said, like kind of notices, like ah, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, get it. Yeah, but then at the end, uh, Doogie and uh, Wanda agree to a breakup. And, like, if I go, oh, no, but don't tell anybody till tomorrow, and, like, let's have one last dance kind of thing. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't really have any investment into their, into their relationship at all. Like, uh, I don't know if they started off dating in the first episode, because it's only, like, how many episodes in? Like, eight? Or maybe it's more than that. 24. Oh, my God. How many episodes are in this season? So, like, I think, like, 25 or 26. <laughs> this was back, back in the day of, uh, of you know, t- like, multiple, like, like uh, nine months worth of show for a season. That's that's quite a risk with like a you know before then unknown actor yeah. as the main lead. But actually, they they made a great choice because, like you said, Neil Patrick Harris is like a, an amazing actor. Yeah, he is. I like him a lot too. And like, I, if you ever watch like the Tony Award like openings with him, it's like I I don't even know how he does like all the singing and dancing and like you know rhyme. It, it's just like it's it's amazing. Yeah. But uh, he's hilarious in the Harold and Kumar movies. He is. He is really good. And I did watch uh, How I Met Your Mother, and he's very good in that, too. He's probably the best thing about that show. Yeah, he's the best thing about most of the things he's in. Uh, But uh, but yeah, so yeah, they agree to they agree to break up and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all that happens on this fucking episode. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, obviously, it's not the worst thing we've we've watched for this, but it wasn't it wasn't great. It might be the most bland thing we've watched. Yeah, that's a like, very like, very good term for it. It was very bland. It seems like everybody involved in the process is already bored of the show. Like mm-hmm. the writers are bored, the directors, the actors, yep. the audience. Yep. Yeah, there's not there wasn't much reaction from the audience. It's like, well, I don't think it's a live audience there, no. um, but I think it's like, yep, yeah, all right, time to for, let's get this going. You know, they're like, at that point, like probably bored with their process of doing the show, like you said, for nine months or however long they have to mm-hmm. do it for. They're like, oh yeah, fourteen year old becomes a doctor. Okay, let's let's milk this for more. <laughs> Was yeah, this based so. on, so was this based on like a real story, like a real kid? I'm not sure of a specific one, but I know there are like, you know, a good number of like, you know, people in their teens who have become doctors, you know, because they've obviously, you know, been very intelligent and tested out of other courses. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if, it, if I feel like there was something, uh, something, I don't know. I feel like there was. Some kind of um, inspiration. Yeah, like in, inspiration behind this, but I don't remember. I know Mike posted the uh, the theme music. So. Yeah, I, I recognize that immediately. I'm like, oh, I love I, I love the theme. This is a really good theme. Mm. of all the '80s. Uh, really, what we should do on dumpster diving is also we should rate the theme song. Because mm. this is definitely up there. I like the uh, all musical, like you know, synth, like you know, 
theme they use for this one. It's really good as far as, you know, dumpster diving is up there. Mm-hmm. Sister Sister is obviously way up there, too. So listen to this. Uh, the weekly half-hour dramedy was created by Stephen Bochco. He originated the concept and asked David E. Kelly to help write the pilot, giving Kelly a created-by-credit. Uh, Harris was the first actor to sh- the show staff had found that could convincingly play a teenage doctor, but ABC executives opposed his casting. Bochco's contract required that the network pay an enormous penalty if it canceled the project, so ABC was forced to let him film the pilots. The network still opposed Harris's casting and disliked the pilot, but after positive reception during test screenings, ABC greenlit the show. Maybe maybe one of the few times that test screenings actually helped. Could be. I wonder what Max Casella is up to now. I don't know. What's funny is, uh, I think he was in the show, the movie Newsies. Okay. And like, in, and then one of the one of the Neil Patrick Harris things when he was on Broadway was like Newsies were like one of the plays, so mm-hmm. it was kind of funny that you know, still Max Casella. I'll blow your mind right now because this comes full circle again. Uh, he was also in Ed Wood. Oh, Max Casella was. Yes. Nice. Who who was in Edward? He was um like his little like assistant friend guy or whatever. He was like ah you know like I, I can't I can't I mean he was he played Max Casella basically. Plays well, not the role he does in everything, but um I can't I can't think of what his name was, but he was he was one of Edward's hanger hangers on. Gotcha. Apparently he was also uh in Inside Llewellyn Davis, which I heard is a really good movie. Isn't that a Coen Brothers movie? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that. He has worked steadily, I'll tell you that. Jesus, man, this guy. Good like A lot of these movies I wouldn't necessarily consider classics, but he, you know, he's worked steadily. Old Boy, he was in that, too. He's been in some really good movies, though. Old Boy's a good yeah. movie. He always good for, well, was it the remake that you saw, or, or was he in the remake or the original one? I think he was the in the original one. The Korean one? I think so, yeah. Nice. Uh, let's yeah, see. yeah. I mean, it's always, I'm always happy when, like, you know, with, with like him or like uh, even like you know, uh, especially like kind of a higher scale, obviously, so, like Sean Astin. You know, mm-hmm. he's been like in small things and like big things. You know, like since he's been a child, really. Yep, absolutely. It isn't like his mother like a celebrity too. Yeah, his dad is John Astin, uh, uh, Gomez Adams from from oh, okay. the Adams family. And his mom is... Um, Patty Duke, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Patty Duke is his mom. Huh. From the Patty is Duke that, show. That John Aston guy uh, was way older than Patty Duke, though, huh? Um, hmm. That's a, good, that's a good question. I'm not... I guess because, yeah, he was playing like an adult in the 60s when... Uh, so let's see. Uh, oh, fuck, John Aston's still alive. Good for him. He was born wow. uh, March 30th, 1930. So he is 89 years old. Uh, he divorced Patty Duke in 1985. They were married um, from 72 to 85. Patty Duke was born in 1946. So, yeah, she was 16 years younger than him. So she was like 26 and he was 42 when they got married. Yeah. Good for him. Huh. <laughs> but he's married to Valerie Ann Sandoval now uh, since 1989. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, that's uh, 
that's dumpster diving for this week. Uh, eh, not really much going on, but uh, it's like a weird... Like, As evidenced uh, by us talking about uh, John Aston and his love life. And uh, Jack Benny for half an hour. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's just good. That's just good radio. <laughs> uh, but we will see you next time. Uh, I don't know. Bye.